how's it hanging? How's it happening? Because you guys know this is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. Brides by MSOTD Rocks and Rock. Kevin will thrive. Wishing you guys a very happy Tuesday. September 14th, we're already about halfway through September and September 17th, big releases. And I can talk to a band releasing a brand new album on the 17th that you're going to absolutely want to listen to. But before I do that, I want to thank our sponsor, Phoenix Fitness, for this podcast. Yes, they're sponsoring this podcast as concerts are back, you know, mosh pits are back. I'm going crazy in them. I got to make sure, you know, I'm fit enough to last four straight days in mosh pits and keep going through this crazy tour cycle that is happening right now. And I am more than happy to do it, but I'm hitting the gym. I'm working out as much as possible, make sure my cardio and my strength are at the top of their game, achieving those fitness goals. But when it comes to recovery, preparation, all that stuff, I want to make sure that I am good to go. That's where Phoenix Fitness comes in. They have different pre-workouts, both stim and stim free, BCAA recovery, different creatines, proteins, both AM, PM. Also, you know, your after-workout proteins as well. And multivitamins, anything you need to help achieve your and uh, get to your fitness goals, Phoenix Fitness has for you. Our listeners get 15% off their order at fnxfit.com using the code MSOTD. Link is in the description of the podcast episode, so be sure to check that out. Thank you, Phoenix Fitness. But now our feature presentation. I got to sit down with Landon from the band The Plot and You. Their brand new record, Swan Song, comes out on Friday, September 17th. We begin to talk about the record, the construction of it, how Landon created this, again, with it being the pandemic and had the time to actually flesh out a lot of these songs. Finding Happiness, we talk about the concept of the album, the understanding of how it is, you know, a lot more on those alternative tropes along with the heavier side as well. But the thing I love that we get into, and I've always wanted to talk about it, is we start talking about labels. We start talking about independent bands. And Landon gives his advice to all the bands that are out there that are independent when it comes to, if you're trying to really get on a label, how to do that, what's the best way to go about it, and also the beauty of being independent and finding the right label as well. So this is a great episode. I'm so happy about this one. I can't wait for you guys to check it out. So enough with me talking about it. Let's go! Yeah! Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast, if you follow Mr. Alan Harrington on uh, Twitter, you know, Mr. Metalcore, he consistently calls this band like the band that comes out with the absolute best singles every step of the way. And not gonna lie, I listened to the first two singles off this band's new album and yikes. Yeah, he was definitely correct on that. So the brand new album Swan Song comes out on September 17, 2021. So please welcome Landon from the band The Plot New to the Podcast. So Landon, welcome to Core Progression Podcast. How's it going, man? How you doing? Man, everything is going well, fine in my world right now. How's everything going on your end? Good. Just, uh, yeah, gearing up to put this record out, which has been weird. It kind of started to feel like it would never happen. So it's kind of bizarre to actually start to see things unfold. <laughs> well, is that just because of everything that was going on with the pandemic and every, yeah. uh, every step, every step forward seemed like there was like two steps back after it with anything. Yeah. I mean, music. we kind of decided pretty early on that we didn't want to put the record out like while everything was shut down. Because I personally feel like I saw tons of my friends' bands put out records, and then it was just like no one was talking about it like a week later. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know why that is, but, um, but yeah, it just it just seemed like it would be a waste, and I spent way too much time on it to like just throw it out there mid pandemic, you know. So yeah, I we just decided to play it out and see how, you know how things ended up, but yeah, it's it's really crazy to see it finally start working out. 
See, I can kind of see where you're coming from with that, where if you guys were to release it in 2020, if it wasn't like a record that was just something from like a band that has, you know, this mass amount of international acclaim, similar to like uh, Bring Me the Horizon when they released their EP, because people are talking about that for quite a while. Yeah. It was yeah. that, but like other bands, because I knew a bunch of them that were releasing and I can't even remember a lot of them that ended up releasing during the pandemic. Yeah. It's like I had to write them down in order to just remember and like, and whenever I talk about it in conversation, I remember some of them, but I don't remember yeah. all of them, which I do understand right. where you're coming from. So now with, you know, live music is back in some capacity, touring's back, mm-hmm. festivals are rolling on once again. So people will yeah. go out and actually experience music and see music once again, so that when you release new stuff, you guys can potentially put together live shows behind that so people can continually talk about it going forward. Right. And I think it's also like a lot of people see just like people from bands, if they even see you posting pictures of playing live shows and stuff like that, even just that can trigger them. Oh, I forgot they put out a record. Like I want to go jam it. You know what I mean? Like even things as small as that, like you don't really think of like the impact of what actually touring can do. It just like, it keeps your band's name in people's mouths longer, you know what I mean? And more consistently. Whereas whenever everything's shut down and you're just relying on like music video content and stuff like that, it's like those things kind of fizzle out a little bit quicker. You know what I mean? It, it, to be able to be good at that, you got to be like on Twitch doing all these, like you got to stay super proactive and we're not that band at all. We're extremely lazy. So it was not going to work out for us. <laughs> oh, <laughs> touring is what we do. To- totally understandable. And kind of to that area, when you're talking about touring, it seems like every day then you're able to put out some sort of content from the live exactly. show from the previous night where during the pandemic, yeah. it's taking a look at bands that were consistently creating content throughout the whole entire thing. Yeah, they definitely fared a little bit better when it came to, you know, maybe some live music releases like Trivium from Ashes to New. But there were some that just, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it just happened. It, it's the way the yeah. pandemic was. It was how you wanted to attack it. But if you guys mm-hmm. are going to be able to go back out on tour and create more of that content for, to constantly keep the name of the plot in you in people's ears, in people's minds, on people's phone mm-hmm. screens, then yeah. it's again, your album is going to continually be a source of just a mental note in everybody's head. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited it's finally coming back. I just feel like, well, in general, I just it's nice to feel some normalcy again. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Again, going to live shows, I'm just like, I, I we were without, like, we were without for like, what, a, a year and a half, basically. Once yeah. my first one, I just jumped to the mosh pit right away and got hit <laughs> right, it got hit right as I got in there. And I just went, <gasps> I miss this. And I just had a blast the rest of the way. Did get, did get hit a couple of times pretty good, but you know what? Definitely worth it after 18 months of just sitting here thinking, when are these right. going to come back, man? Yeah. I still haven't been to a show since everything's back to normal. That's like the one thing that I haven't done yet. So I still get to experience that first show back. <laughs> now, is it going to be the first show back that you see a band or the first show back that you play? Both. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't have any shows coming up like before the tour that I plan on going to. So that might honestly, our show might be the first show that I go to after all of this. I don't really, I don't know. The older I get, the less I enjoy just going to shows. <laughs> I just don't like being around people. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's just a thing of, you know, getting older or what it might actually be. I, I'm hoping to myself because I love going to live shows right now. I'm hoping I don't fall into that, guys. But, you know, you never know. I mean, life happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the older I get, the more introverted I get, for sure. <laughs> but then again, it just, you, you can end up finding other things that you enjoy. You might, you know, might enjoy creating more music instead of less touring. And then might be able to find something to release that creative outlet that's not just going up on stage going up and playing live 
Yeah, that that's that's one thing I definitely realized during the pandemic was like I don't need the like the live aspect of being in a band to be happy. If anything, I think I'm happier just writing music and just like doing the the like desk side of that stuff. And uh, which is kind of like it's cool and and weird at the same time because I know like once the band stuff is over, I'm gonna be completely fine. I'm not gonna be missing something. You know what I mean? I, I as long as I'm writing and creating, that that's what makes me happy. But at the same time, it's like, oh, damn, like maybe I am kind of like getting closer to that point in my life where I'm just, I want more normal. You know, I like, I really enjoy normalcy. I like my space. Just like to hang out with a few select people and <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Or, or it's not like that, but maybe it's like if through all this time and through the pandemic as well, you found out something about yourself that made you understand what truly makes you happy in terms of, yeah really writing and creating more instead of always wanting to go out and play live shows, connecting closer with the people that you want to be connected with instead of connecting a little bit more loosely with a lot more people, just basically kind of having oh, more of a tight knit group instead of just this massive amount of people that you're trying to talk to every, every given day and work with every given right. day. Yeah. That's, I mean, that stuff has always exhausted me anyways, but I don't know. I, maybe it's a thing. Maybe it's an age thing. Maybe it's just, I don't know just grow just get just changing as a person maybe the pandemic honestly helped me realize that i'm also happier not associating as much with society in general <laughs> kind of like living the hermit life i think i'm i think i'm pretty built for it so i think moving towards like moving down the line like into my future i think uh it'll definitely i'll definitely have a house out in the out in the boonies somewhere where nobody can reach me you gotta come visit me or write me mail or something <laughs> or, or send a uh, carrier pigeon to send you a letter and then all of a sudden just yeah. having carrier pigeons fly back and forth like every 20 miles because you're gonna live in a would house that. that has nobody around for a whole entire mile would love that it sounds amazing <laughs> see I, i'm a little bit on the other side of that but then again that might be just age and what i like to do because i i love going yeah. to live shows i love being a part of that but oddly enough, kind of talking about that, where you're starting to see yourself wanting to remove from that and find a different kind of happiness in terms of really understanding what you like to do in life kind of really fits in with the overall theme of Swan Song in a way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm interested to see like where you uh, where you picked up on that. <laughs> well, well, kind of going through it, I mean, initially hearing the, you know, the name Swan Song, just the idea behind it, every time you hear the thing, it's a Swan Song. It's like the end of something. And when I was going through the album, it was like every song talked about the end of some sort of different relationship that you had with something that you liked in life, a different friendship that you had, a more intimate relationship, something with your family. So it's kind of ended up bringing up like an end to these relationships that you had in your life that were mm -hmm. no longer helpful to your like happiness or to your emotional state or mental state. Because I have been in those relationships for I had a friend that, you know, basically strung me along for I can't remember how many years it was, seven or eight years. And mm -hmm. it, when I finally cut her out of my life, it felt fantastic. And it yeah. was like, and going through, and just so where I kind of came with this album was, especially using that in my mindset and going through this, I connected with it a lot more because I had a lot more of like this personal relation to the right. actual styles of the songs. Right. Yeah. I, uh, that's cool. Can you hear me still? Sorry. Yeah, I can still hear you. Oh, okay. Some cut out real quick. Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically just a record, like you said, just about like the ending of eras and things like that. Um, I kind of like it's weird. I was thinking about this earlier today, just like how like in the beginning of writing the record, 
I really had no direction for how I wanted it to go, how I wanted it to start or end, or even like thematically, like what I wanted it to really be about. And, uh, but I kind of like with each song, they were all written very spread out. And with each song, it was, I just felt like I was getting like further and further away from a cohesive thing. And then by the last song, it was literally just like, it felt like a whole thing. So it's really interesting how those kinds of things just end up like becoming glued together right at the end, you know? But, Absolutely. Not yeah. like going through the whole entire thing as well from all the way top to bottom one to 10. At first I was kind of a little confused as like going through, because always what I do when I look, look at an album and look through each song and dive deep into it, first thing I do is, I'll look at the song, I'll try and listen to it and find out the meaning of the song from my perspective, go through the instrumentals mm-hmm. and go through the vocals and see how that really per- curtails to the meaning, how it all fits together. And mm-hmm. as I was going through it, as I got through like, you know, the first four songs, I'm like, I can see this base idea behind the album as a whole, but at times it does feel like it could be rather spread out and go in any direction. And that's crazy because yeah. as the time I got to the end of the album, it all felt like one whole cohesive unit where it, it starts out going in so many different directions. Yeah. And I think... A, a good way to put that is I think the purpose might be behind it to where when it comes to our lives, all, everyone's lives go in a different direction. We, but right. we all start at the same point. We all end at the same point. We all start at birth and we all end at death, but we all go around yeah. in so many different ways. So coming to the end of the album, it's how it all came together. Cause in the end, all our lives will end up coming together at the end of the same, at some point in time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm interested to know what was your favorite track off of it? Ooh, and I was listening to it a couple of times today, just really going through it. And my favorite track overall, I would have to say, was uh, track number five, Paradigm. Oh, really? Cool. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's a. I think that will be a single at some point. <laughs> so that's that's good to hear. I, I wouldn't be surprised because going through the album as well, it's like, especially for myself, when it comes to the music that I really like, I'm really, I really got into hard rock and punk rock when I started out. Then it got a, a huge bit, a huge amount in a metal core, like around like 2019 stuck in that and then got into more post hardcore as like as of currently. And with your album, it kind of mixed in a lot of different styles, like some metalcore styles, some more alternative rock styles, kind of putting a lot of stuff together and listen mm-hmm. to paradigm, just seeing how those alternative styles really worked in with a heavier style as well. And how that really acts into the heavier part of it. Initially, yeah. right when I heard this song, I was just drawn right to it. And then when I went through it and just analyzed it every step away, I'm just like, man, I'm looking at this even more now after I'm trying to fully understand it step by step. It just, it it, it was the one that really stood out to me on yeah. this whole entire album. Cool. I appreciate it. I'm uh, I'm interested to see how people take that one because I, I feel like they'll, if you like at first, like it and then maybe dissect it and be like, oh, wait, this is kind of like, talking about me maybe <laughs> like, um but yeah i it's really interesting i was talking to josh about this not too long ago our guitar player and uh like whenever i set to like start making the record i think the first song i wrote was too heavy which is actually the softest song on the record um and my goal with the record was to just make a super like impactful you know beautiful sounding cohesive thing with and honestly like we had no intention of doing heavy songs at all and then by the end of it i was like oh shit this act somehow accidentally turned out to be a pretty heavy record um but yeah again it's always so bizarre how that shit unfolds it's like you go in with the intention to do one thing and then something completely opposite or just so different ends up coming out but the making of this record was a blast though i, I mean just being able to sit down during the pandemic and whenever felt like a rush of creativity just sit down because like what's what else is there to do and just really like space it all out and 
kind of time whenever you work on things and whenever you're feeling passionate about it rather than like having a deadline. So yeah, it's been awesome. Hopefully the next record I'll get hit. Like if we do one, then I'll have this, that same kind of freedom, you know? I would say I'd hope you'd have that same kind of freedom along with every other band that's out there because taking a listen to so much music that's coming out in 2021 with bands that have been working on this stuff during the pandemic, because there was really, it didn't seem like there was any pressure to have an album out by this certain date or this certain time. So whatever yeah. inspiration struck you, you could just roll with it. And you weren't forced to work on something. So you could really flesh out every single possibility of an idea that you have. And like you said, you really weren't trying to bring in, you know, some heavier tracks on this record. You especially start out writing too heavy, which that definitely is the lightest track on the record for sure. Yeah. But yeah. what ends up happening is what I think is when you kind of immerse yourself within the yeah. mindset of the album with the meaning of the swan song and how using a little bit more of those lighter cells and more of those alternative styles, it brings forward a different emotion. It brings forward more of this contemplative emotion instead of something that has a little more, you know, the heavier parts, a little more of this anger, a little more of this roughness, a little more of this powerfulness behind it that just kind of yeah. doesn't let fully sink in. It kind of smashes through. But when you're talking about some of these things, eventually something's going to have to smash through at some point. So when you mm -hmm. look at a song like Paradigm, it ends up coming out further, especially because, in my opinion, it doesn't take a look at the relationships that you have with like other people, other things. It looks more at the relationship that you have with yourself so, in a way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, again, touching back on the, just like having, having time to like really invest and like flesh out the songs. I think that's one thing, especially in our genre that doesn't get done enough because I feel like you get the initial idea and then you just kind of like speed through the process just to get the song done. Whereas like, I like, I'm obsessed with songs that sound like, I feel like I pay you out of it every single time I listen to it. You know what I mean? And that's, that's been a huge goal of mine within anything newer that I've been putting out is making this songs feel like they've been lived in for a long time and like heavily thought about. And like, cause every aspect, every transition was redone so many times. Like we literally, from the time the songs started till they were done, they probably got changed each like 20 to 50 times. Just like just going over certain entire parts got cut with speed or, raise the the bpm on some songs like we i really like really experimented with every aspect of everything just so that everything hits emotionally the way that it's supposed to and you know what i mean just feels lived in so yeah i appreciate you uh noticing that <laughs> that's cool well none of that but it's just one thing i've really been noticing a lot within any sort of music as well especially the ones i'm listening to again hard rock punk rock metalcore post hardcore it's just because Again, everyone's had the time to really flesh out every single idea that they want to try, that they want to look at. And if a song mm -hmm. doesn't, it feels like, you know, this might work, but just doesn't fully feel right where this transition isn't perfectly capturing the transition of emotion from this instrumental set to the next, from like, you know, pre-chorus to a chorus or from a verse to a chorus or whatever it might be. But mm -hmm. with the time that you had during the pandemic, you were able to really try as many things as possible, really go through all those different processes so that when you finally came to the final product, you had every single bit the way you wanted it to, and it properly expressed what you wanted to express in the song, not only vocally, but especially instrumentally, because in my mind, the instrumentals really guide you through the whole entire story. They're the ones that really tell the emotional part of the story because you can bring in some softer aspect, bring in some rougher aspects, faster pace, slower pace, higher BPMs, whatever it might be. And that all mm -hmm. changes up the emotion behind the song. It all changes up the meaning and how everyone perceives it. Right. Yeah, I was almost sad whenever Fearless hit me up and was like, okay, we, we think we have a deadline now for like when we want it to 
when we wanted to come out, I was like, fuck, I just want to keep fucking with these forever. Like, <laughs> I don't want to like, I never want this record to be done. I just want to keep adding to it and adding to it and over scrutinizing it, you know, because I don't know. I enjoy doing that kind of stuff. But finally, they were just like, no, nope, we got to have it out by here. So, yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be this is probably the longest I've ever sat on a piece of on a piece of work. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like built up in my head, like my perception of what it's about and what it's trying to say. And then like seeing other people's perception on things is pretty bizarre to see, you know, people like trying to scrutinize your life over one song and try to depict what each thing means. You know, it's, it's interesting. And it's also it's kind of scary and it's just weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it definitely is kind of scary, especially if you're going to open up emotionally on a song, just because you're really telling the story of yourself. However, whenever I take a look at it, it's, whenever you're telling the story of yourself, it's you're always telling the base emotion behind the story. And when you're putting yourself in there, that's fantastic. That's great. But when we, but like when we're listening to it, because we've gone through different things specifically than you have, but the emotions are the same, we're going to connect with that. And that's when you get people really connecting with your music, going to shows and just singing every single word back to you as possible with all their might, just because they connect so heavily with that song and it makes them realize certain things about themselves. It makes them understand certain things of why they're insecure about something and how they can get past mm -hmm. that. And with this record that you've, you've come out with or you're going to come out with on September 17th, so everyone remember that, what you've done <laughs> with this, yeah, I had to give the plug there, but what you've done with yeah. this is you've really, for, you're really forced, especially like a listener like myself, to take a look at a lot of the different relationships I've had over time and understand potentially why removing those was a good thing and understanding potentially where I have different relationships right now with people, with, with, uh, friends, with, you know, just any, anything around their work, whatever it might be, where I'm potentially mm -hmm. just having a detriment in life because of it and understand that removing that yeah. potentially could make my life a lot better in the end and make me enjoy this life a lot more because we only get one shot at it. Right. Yeah. Sadly, I wish more people would figure out that like you know it kind of sucks like having to cut ties with you know even friends or you know family or whatever like of course it's gonna suck at first but then like the beauty of it comes after that initial pain you know what i mean just having that freedom and that yeah just not having that one thing plaguing your life just, it's just like kind of like picking out a what is it like um when you get like a piece of wood stuck in you <laughs> what's it called a splinter, a splinter. yeah kind of like pulling out the splinter like sucks in the in the moment but it only gets better with time you know things heal so yeah that's kind of the concept like i don't really write with the intention of um trying to make people think like i don't have any agendas behind anything that i write i'm never trying to invoke anything out of anybody else it's just kind of like stories from my perspective and stuff but it's always like cool to hear people like you say say that they got that out of it you know because yeah, like obviously I do want people to, if they can benefit from what I'm doing in some way, then that's awesome. But it's a, it's, it's weird because I think people think that I write with the intention of like helping someone like cope with something or get through something. And I wish I could say I did. It's just stories though, you know, but that's cool that like just people's life stories can help other people and just help them not feel as alone, you know? So yeah, I always appreciate that. Yeah, so instead of writing songs to help people out intentionally, you're essentially doing it, but you're doing it unintentionally when you're telling stories about yourself and you're telling different stories about maybe something that happened in your life 
and you're putting it into music, again, everyone's going to connect with that emotionally because we all can understand how the music affects us emotionally. Again, lighter songs have a little more of that alternative flair in it that you have on this record, like Too Heavy, which is a much lighter song. It's mm-hmm. going to end up hitting you differently because the different tones that you have on there versus Paradigm, which then is going to end up having a heavier tone a little bit later on. And even earlier mm-hmm. on the record, because I want to make sure I get the name of it right, uh, Fall Again, that has a heavier tone to it as well. So yeah. you're going to get different ideas. You're going to get different emotions coming at you through those instrumentals. But all you're doing is telling stories and you're giving us the chance to really understand the emotion of those stories, put it into our own perspective and then really start to understand different things about ourselves. And you're just writing music that, that you want to write. And that's the beauty of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm very fortunate though. We have a, we've had labels that have not tried to dilute anything or try to change us or to fit any type of narrative or anything like that, especially with fearless. They've been very cool about letting us artistically do pretty much anything we want to do, even down to artwork and music videos and stuff like that. Just pretty much keep, it's like, here, take this, go do what you need to do. And we trust your vision. So yeah, I definitely got to give it up to our label a lot for just allowing us to really just live out like the artistic directions that we've wanted to take for such a long time with also like the means to do it and a good team behind it and stuff. So yeah, we're very fortunate for sure. I would agree. I've heard nothing but good things about Fearless Records when it comes to especially letting the bands and letting the you know the talent that they have behind there really run the creative show. Because again, it's your guy's music. It's your guy's vision. You're the ones that are going to know what's going to be best for you to create because you're the, yeah. you're the creators of it all. And right. on their end, it's they're the record company. They're the numbers. They know what the numbers say. They know where the numbers could potentially go. But I think they'd much rather have a genuine product than something that they're going to push out and get more, you know, increase the numbers, make the bottom line look better. They'd rather have the quality behind there instead of, you know, overall just this insane monetary game where they're making a good amount of money right now, but they're, they want to yeah. keep the integrity of the music and the integrity of the musicians at the forefront. Right. Yeah. I've, I've definitely heard horror stories from other friends that we've toured with that, you know, their label basically pushed them to dress and act and like, play their songs just these certain ways or like hooked them up with a producer that basically like took the reins on everything and just followed basically just used them as puppets to kind of like play out their agenda what they think would work and it almost never works and it just leaves everyone unhappy and unfulfilled and it's just not it's not genuine either you know I, I feel like with art people can see through intention and see you know in most cases maybe maybe in certain genres you can get away with it a little bit more but especially in like rock and like even like rap that world, I don't think it's something that you can just like, I don't think it's something you can force out of people or try to like make them be what you want them to be. Yeah, I know what you mean. Okay, one second. My AirPods just died, so I'm going to have to turn you up on here. <laughs> oh, okay. Because I'm like, wait a minute, why is he taking out his AirPods? But it totally makes sense. However, I, I mean, when it comes to rock and metal, it's, I've seen a lot of things where I've heard stories also where bands have had that issue where, you know, per, labels and producers have forced certain things onto them and it didn't turn out rather well. And as listeners, especially in rock metal, and I think rap can definitely go along with this as well, because of how much of a genuineness is behind the lyrics, how much of a genuineness is behind the sound to really portray a lot of these different ideas and a lot of different emotions. When yeah. you bring in a producer to kind of take the, and he takes the reins over and the label takes the reins over it as well. 
you're not the, the people are going to end up listening to it and they're going to know something is wrong. The fans are going to yeah. know something is wrong. Then the album's going to perform poorly. The the label's not going to be happy if the album's performing poorly. The producer's not going to be happy because that the band's not going to be happy about that along with the fact that this isn't the the music they wanted to create and then you have a whole mess on your hands to where if if this if all this happens but the band made the music that they want then the band then at least the band is happy and everyone else can kind of follow suit but if no one's happy then no one wins. Exactly. Yeah. Again, we've been very fortunate though. Like at pretty much every label we've been on has just been like, go do whatever you got to do. Here's some money. So <laughs> we got lucky. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing that for a lot of younger bands to take and a lot of more independent bands to take for as well as when, if you're looking to get signed by a record company, do your homework on the record company as well and understand yeah. what their vision is really dive deep into it because it's a decision that could not only affect you in the short term, but affect you musically in the long term as well. Because if you have a label that's going to, and a producers that are going to start pushing certain things onto you and forcing you to start taking these different influences, different ideas that you don't necessarily want to do, it could not only impact you in the short term, that takes you a long time to get back or maybe not even get back to where you want to be at all. Yeah. That's, I mean, that in general, I try to like as much as possible, try to educate young, younger artists in this genre you know that i interact with like the ones that are like really hungry to do it for a living and like be on a label and stuff it's like it sounds cool like it really sounds cool on paper but like signing a contract especially as like a new band is like one of the scariest things you can do because they're the ones in power you almost have no worth in most situations so it's super easy for them to take advantage and like get you in on a deal that again looks appealing but then five ten years down the road they still own you basically like in your music and like i've lived through certain situations that were similar to that so yeah i think it's just important for the older generation of of like the old guys like me to kind of educate and be the yeah just be the educators for for what this lifestyle actually is what this career is actually like and what to look out for because there's a, a million different people trying to take advantage, you know, because they just know that people are young and creatively hungry to to do it. And they'll pretty much sell their souls to be able to to just play shows across the country or around the world. You know, so, yeah, I find it very the, the older I get, the more passionate I'm becoming about educating younger musicians on, on all of these things that I fucked up on. So, yeah, I think it's really important. And I think it really comes through with you because you definitely show that you care about the authenticity of the artists and the authenticity of the music that they're producing, that it's, you yeah. want them to create what they want to create and really put that out there. But I wouldn't say you get, we're getting necessarily old. I'd say more of like the seasoned veteran of it, where <laughs> you get, you guys can still easily go out there, hang with the, hang with the new guys, but you guys have a lot more experience. So I will ask you this, when it comes yeah. to advice that you would give to new bands or independent bands, when it comes to, you know, if they're going to be end up shopping themselves around to potentially get signed by a record label, what are some of the things that they should look out for so that they make sure that they potentially don't end up in one of those situations that is a detriment to them as a band? I would say, well, first off, I, I think it's really important to, and let's say, unless like, let's say you have like a really good manager or some kind of really good connection. I don't believe that you should ever seek out labels yourself. You always want them coming to you. So if, if you're actively seeking them out, they obviously know that they have the power and that they could sign you some shitty deal and you could be locked in for who knows how long making like 10% of your album sales. You know what I mean? So 
you really want the labels fighting for you so that you have the power and you kind of, you can kind of like sway how you want that deal to look like and stuff like that. Cause I've seen it so many times. Like it's, it's almost the goal of every single band that I record that comes to my studio to work with me is like, the goal is almost always like, yeah, we just want to get signed. We want to go on tour, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, well, there's a million steps to take before getting to all of those things. And like, even finding a label can take like, it can take years, you know, for some people it's faster than others, but like, it's better to not have a label at all and just get big on your own than to be just like a mediocre or just a small nobody band on a label that doesn't give a shit about you. You know what I mean? They'll just dump a little bit of money and hope throw it at a ball and hope it sticks. But other than that, they don't typically care about you as an individual. They're just looking for a cash grab. You know what I mean? And the easier, the more vulnerable they can see that you are, the worse, you know? So I always just say, just get your craft to like, to be the most fine-tuned, well-operating machines you can get it to, to be. And then they'll come flocking to you and you'll have all the power then you can fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually think that's a good way to put it. And I mean, that could be kind of tied into not only band, but just kind of anyone that's, you know, potentially looking for a job. It could be something where refine your skills and make sure that you're the ones that are basically perfecting everything around when it comes to music, perfecting your style of music, perfecting your what you want to do when you record, perfecting what you want to do when you perform and really getting that down on your own so that you're the one that's being demanded by the labels. You're not yes. the one demanding them. So then you continue exactly. so that when it comes to negotiating, you have, you're the one that has the power instead of, you know, you're the one that's trying just to look for something. I, I totally also, understand where you're going from there. Also, I think like we're kind of moving towards a world where I think labels will be obsolete in the pretty near future. I don't know how far, but like, I think people are starting to wake up and realize that they can do most of the work on work that themselves or like just, find the resources because once you're in the industry long enough you can kind of like make connections with video people booking agents literally everything that goes through like keep making a successful band it's just compartmentalizing all of the different tasks that these people on your team do from label to management so i mean i think in the coming years people are going to kind of realize that they kind of have more power being independent maybe not in all cases like we have a really good label um, relationship, um, but like it took what two, yes, yeah, almost three. I think it was three labels prior, like with experiences with other labels, to finally land one that was a good one. So, yeah, I just think I think that's another thing to be mindful of. Like a label is not going to be the solve all. You know what I mean? There's still going to be a million other hurdles to cross. So. Yeah, I, I just think the more self-sufficient that you can be, the better. Yeah. And especially with what we saw during the pandemic where bands were forced to just, you know, work on everything themselves because you couldn't really get into the studio together. Or if you were able to, it was during a little small period of time and seeing a bunch of bands grow during that time as well. A lot of them were independent. And I know yeah. some of them that are that still are. I mean, one of the bands I first ever had in this podcast, they're still independent. They've been played on Octane a good amount. And I've seen their Spotify listener count when I first had them on the podcast back in 2019. They had maybe 9,000 monthly listeners. And now they're up close to 400,000. They're still independent. Oh, wow. That's and awesome. I'm, just, I'm yeah, like, perfect I'm, example. 
Yeah, and they're and they're and not, and I mean they're touring all over the U.S. right now. I'm like, you guys keep going, just keep doing what you're doing. Just let's let's yeah. just keep this rolling. But when it comes to different labels as well, I think what's going to happen in the future is a lot of different labels that are you know more those legacy labels. They're going to end up sticking around for a little bit because they have the amount of money to do it. But as more genres end up really working towards, you know, seeing how in being independent, how you can do this all, a lot on your own if you really work at it and how much better it can potentially be. Some of those labels are more set in their ways, potentially drop out. And some of those labels could potentially evolve as well and create something where they're, you know, working with the artists a little bit more. The artists have a lot more freedom, but they're working with them in conjunction. I could easily see a label like Fearless evolving over time to really cons- like stay as like the label, but also evolve to have a different business model to where the artists and the labels are more, you know, partners in this instead of like the label is the label and the band is the band. It's like these two are kind of the same on the same level in terms of you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. Like they're more on like an equal playing field when it comes to overall decision-making on the business side of things. Right. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful thing seeing bands that, I mean, the, there's plenty of independent artists too, like pop artists and stuff like that, that are starting to wake up to the beauty of having all of that control. Plus like, I mean, I do my solo stuff all independent and I, I can honestly say it's like, it's an even more rewarding thing. Like even the smaller things that come from it, it's, it just feels that much more rewarding knowing that like I did all of that work. It was all my ideas, all of my choices. And even when things go bad, it's like, you don't have anyone else to blame but yourself. So then you, <laughs> you take accountability and you just move forward and try to do the best with what you learned from that last experience. So I think it's another thing, like it's a, it's very easy to blame a label when things start going bad. You're like, oh, they didn't throw enough money into this or that, or they didn't, you know, like there's a million ways to blame a label. So I think it's it's much cooler to fail on your own because <laughs> I've done it plenty of times and just learn from it. And then, yeah, just take take forward what you what you learned and try to do it better the next time. Yeah, because and, and on top of that as well, because I, I feel the same way about certain things I do with the podcast as well, because, again, this is I'm the only one that like for me. With everything I do, it's all me. Been doing this for yeah. three and a half years and had really, you know, just no help on terms of like creating all this stuff, producing it, all this good stuff, all this good stuff. But when it comes to stuff, when I fail, it's, it'd be so easy just to put the blame on somebody else. Yeah. But then what that prevents is that prevents me from understanding what went wrong, why it went wrong and how to make sure it doesn't go wrong the next time. If I blame myself, yeah, it sucks. I have to blame myself. And for all, for the bands out there, if you're independent, yeah, it's going to suck that you have to blame yourself, but it can be forced as a learning opportunity and then you can become even better off of it. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I agree. <laughs> it's, it's all about the growth, this one. And man, I know you got to get going real soon, but one last thing when it comes to Swan Song, because usually when it comes to everything, I usually like to put the album overall in like, a, I'm just scrolling through when it comes to like this overall, like wrapped up kind of thing. And when I looked at the album, I said, overall, the plot you came out with an absolute solid outing that ended up painting a picture using this more alternative side rather than this more heavier metalcore side of things. And I'm not necessarily, you know, always the biggest fan of that, but the way it was used to the advantage to create some of these softer sounds really let your mind be the focus on the themes around losing relationships around you that is for the betterment of your mind, no matter the immediate emotions or consequences, I absolutely enjoyed it. Your vocal range on this landon really helped out with some of the softer vocals and cleaner vocals really expressing that, but then also at times, you know, rougher tone, similar to what we heard 
Ollie Sykes use on Bring the Rise and Set Paternal album. Paradigm and Freed really show how great this can be. We did get some heavier songs like Fall Again as well. And I did enjoy that. But the mix that you're going to have in there with lighter songs, heavier songs, and more of an alternative bass at the heavier core as well. Everything creates in a perfect moment to really wrap up this idea of you exploring your mind, exploring the relationships that you have, and understanding that potentially removing some of those could really be helpful to your overall mindset and happiness. For sure. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for people to hear it. I'm excited to see how people perceive it because I think there's a lot of different layers and a lot of different ways to interpret a lot of things. So, yeah, I'm glad you got to listen to it early. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I did really enjoy it. I'm glad I got to listen to it early because I'm just like, oh, this is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, it's it's still bizarre to me. Like, I mean, while I was writing it, like I wasn't allowed to hang out with friends or anyone so, or anything. So like I didn't really get to it wasn't like a normal album process where I got to show tons of people and kind of feel out how they were receiving it. So now now it's finally happening and it's pretty weird, but cool. <laughs> Now, instead of getting it from friends, you're getting it from weird podcasters like myself. (laughs) I'll take it. That's fine. (laughs) Understandable. So, Landon, as we close this out, I always like to give you a chance to say whatever you want to say, whatever you want to plug at the end. So, at this moment, Landon, the floor is yours. Yeah, so Swan Song comes out September 17th on Fearless Records. Um, Go buy it. There's still vinyl available or just stream it a bunch. Just put it on stream when you go to bed and just let it repeat all night. So I get paid. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Ben. And now I've got to end this podcast with three classic things I always do with one. Yes. One song coming out on September 17th. You're going to want to buy it, stream it. Listen to what Lance said. Put it out. If you're streaming it, put it on repeat while you're sleeping. Yup. And then just let it keep rolling because then money, money, money. Right. Got to support the artist any way we can. But when it comes to connecting with the artist, you know, anywhere online, social media-wise, where you can stream the music, where you can download, where you can buy some merch, you're going to want to know where that is, right? Well, take a look at the description of the podcast. It's going to say, find the plot in you online, and every single link is going to be their label. So you can, it's, it's a one-stop shop. Click, bing, bang, boom. Follow them on social media. Subscribe to their YouTube channel. Make sure you're, like, subscribe to them on any streaming platform. Buy their merch. Buy the copy of the vinyl album so you can play on a record player like that bad boy, which I probably just broke that right now. My bad. I did. <laughs> Whatever. So make sure you go do that. I'll have everything in the description below. Second, now Landon, whenever I have guests on the podcast that I enjoy having on and enjoy talking to, I like to make a certain promise. And Mm. this promise has happened 100% of the time. This promise is not changing, so it's going to keep going on. So this is a promise of when, not an if. This is a promise of when I can see the plot and you perform live for the first time because I have not seen that. My promise to you is this. Yes. First round's on me. Okay, perfect. <laughs> because I'm going to keep tabs on you. Like, I'm going to keep watching and see, like, okay, when's the plot you going on tour? Are they anywhere around me? Oh, wait, they're going to be playing in Chicago, not Milwaukee. Oh, I'll take that hour and a half drive. Go. No big deal. <laughs> doing that. Perfect. I'm doing that the Saturday after. I'm doing that the Saturday after I shoot this. So, yeah. Hell yeah. It's easy for me Sounds to amazing. do. So, make sure that happens. And then on that note, I cannot end this podcast in all good conscience with a goodbye because. Made you that promise. I'd love to have you on the podcast once again and talk even more about music, more about just the idea, like the different ideas that you have and different um, advice that you would have to give to newer bands coming up as well. And just have a blast. So I can't ask goodbye. It's too final. I'm going to end it with this. See you later. All right. Take care, dude. (laughs)
Well, well, folks, that was my interview with Landon from the band The Plot and You. Again, Swan Song, their brand new album, comes out on Friday, September 17th. Be sure to go pre-order it right now, but if it's out, please buy it, stream it, help the band, support the band, be sure to listen to it, and really get immersed in it because you will definitely learn some things about yourself that you might not have understood, especially when it comes to the concept of removing things in life, removing potential relationships like that are harmful to you in order to better your happiness and better your overall outlook on life. Be sure to follow along with the plot and you as well. Be sure to go see Montour. I'll have link description below so you can be sure to be in the know with the plot and you every single step of the way. Be sure to do the same for MSOZ Rocks and the Core Progression Podcast. Again, podcast you can watch on YouTube or you can listen on Spotify. I have a podcast, iHeartRadio. I'll have all the links there. Be sure to subscribe and follow. I want to thank you all for doing that right now. Thank you to Phoenix Fitness once again. And again, I just want to give a big shout out to Landon because talking about the whole entire thing with labels, independent bands, that whole entire concept is something I've always wanted to talk about on this podcast with somebody. But you know me, I always let these conversations happen naturally. This was one where this naturally went there. And when I got to ask that question, you might've looked at me at the video and been like, oh, he's just kind of calm doing this. On the inside, I was like, I'm so excited. I finally get to ask this question. Yeah, you guys know that I'm weird like that, but you know, I'm, I just was really happy to do that. I can't wait to see the plot and you perform live for the first time in my lifetime, but when that is, hopefully soon. But on that note, that's going to be for me today, everybody. Thank you for watching to the Chord Progression Podcast brought to you by Amazon Rocks Rock Thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes with the big, healthy, and hearty. See you. Oh!